It is truly my privilege to introduce our speaker this morning. Julie Moore Dean is a 2001 a 2001 graduate of your Covenant College and completed her master's in counseling ministry from Erskine Theological Seminary. She served as the RD of Carter Hall for two years before accepting the position of Associate Dean of Students in 2005, where she served until this year. She has loved the college and has loved our student body with a self-sacrificing passion that stands as an example to everyone who has had the privilege to work with and for her. This year, she accepted a new call from God to join the staff at Lookout Mountain Presbyterian Church as their adult discipleship ministry coordinator. She kind of likes the Atlanta Braves. She can tell you a lot about the Dukes of Hazard. She and her husband, Mallory, and their family live in Rossville. Please give it up for our own Julie Mordeen. Thank you. It's fun to see so many familiar faces and new ones as well. I'm truly honored to be with you all today. Leaving Covenant after 10 years was one of the hardest decisions I ever made. And I'm so grateful for the ways the Lord grew me during my time here, specifically through relationships with students and colleagues who became like dear family to me. I'm tempted to hand over this chapel to some of these wiser ones than me. So if you'll just get up, go back to your rooms, listen to Brad Boyle's chapel on true friendship, Hannah Bloomquist on friendship, a calling in, out and to, and Kelly Capick on pain, confession, and needing each other, just to name a few, then we can call it a day, award the you know, winner, and go to lunch. I pray that anything I say today will be of the Lord and a reflection of how he has shown me more of himself through his word, prayer, and the testimonies of others. Not only am I terrified by public speaking, I also feel extremely inadequate to speak about hope in the midst of adversity. I don't know the pain many of you are feeling as you mourn the loss of a loved one, watch close friends and family members battle debilitating diseases, and as you wrestle through anger and confusion with God while trying to make sense of all the sin and sadness around you. Let's see if I can do this. Okay. Even as the psalmist cries out in Psalm 13:1, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Or Jesus cries from the cross in Mark 15, 34, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It can be beneficial to be honest before the Lord with our emotions. As we understand what it means to be an image bearer of God, having emotions should not surprise us since he himself displays anger, jealousy, love, joy, and many other emotions. Remember, Jesus himself wept at the loss of his dear friend Lazarus. Psalm 139 tells us that he knows our thoughts from afar before a word is even on our tongue. So don't hesitate to plead as Jesus did in Mark 14, 36. Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. 
Adversity may come to us or those we love because we live in a fallen world as a result of direct sin, as discipline, as sanctification, as a tool to help us identify with and comfort others in their pain, and numerous other reasons. But like Job, God may never reveal to us why he is allowing it in our life. Tim Keller in The Reason for God says, If we again ask the question, why does God allow evil and suffering to continue? And we look at the cross of Jesus, we still do not know what the answer is. However, we now know what the answer isn't. It can't be that he doesn't love us. It can't be that he is indifferent or detached from our condition. God takes our misery and suffering so seriously that he was willing to take it on himself. So if we embrace the Christian teaching that Jesus is God and that he went to the cross, then we have deep consolation and strength to face the brutal realities of life on earth. We can know that God is truly Emmanuel, God with us, even in our worst sufferings. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 reads, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In Psalm 139, 15 to 16, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. God is the author of our lives. He knows every sentence on every page of every chapter of your life. Jesus is perfecting our faith. And as we read in Philippians 1, 6, we can be sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus despised shame and would not believe the lies of Satan, that he was alone and abandoned forever, but instead he endured the cross because of the joy that was yet to come to him and his beloved who would experience his marvelous salvation. Even when we do not feel it and cannot see it, we can grieve with hope that we will experience ultimate renewal and restoration because of the resurrection of Christ. I was privileged to hear Jennifer Rothschild speak at a True Woman conference in 2010. She was diagnosed as legally blind in her teens, and after receiving the diagnosis, she went home and played a song on the piano that she had never played before. She said the words were flowing from her heart to her hands. Jennifer says, It doesn't have to be well with your circumstances to be well with your soul. We don't wait for our circumstances to change so we can experience a level of contentment in our faith. We ask God to change us in the midst of those circumstances. People have asked me over the years, do you pray for healing? And to be quite honest, I don't. Now, there are days that are really dark and really bad where I will just cry out to God, please take it away. I trust he's capable, and I want to rest in his sovereignty. But you know what I really need more than healing? I need contentment. Because if I don't learn contentment in the midst of these circumstances, then if, by the mercy of God, he delivers me from it, I will be grumpy about something else. 
True contentment only comes in the midst of the difficult circumstance because God makes it well with your soul, not always with your circumstance. While I appreciated her honesty and encouragement then, her words took on a new meaning for me when I began to experience some health challenges in early 2012. I would never wish the pain and sleepless nights of the past four years on even my worst enemy, and I may never understand why the Lord allowed this in my life. However, I am thankful how the Heavenly Father has graciously chiseled on his daughter's heart to humble me and deepen my trust in him. This bittersweet sanctification has enriched my understanding of him and the importance of brothers and sisters in Christ. For too long, as a Christian who rightly believed in the sovereignty of God and he works all things for my good, I wrongly translated that to mean I should not experience any negative emotions. Life happened, I was supposed to game face it, suck it up, move on. At the other extreme is our culture, which tells us that we should embrace everything we feel and follow our heart to do whatever we want and think is best for us. By his grace, I am daily learning the tension between the honest cries of the psalmist and Jesus and Jeremiah 17, 9, which says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? If I follow my heart, I am doomed to a life of lies. But if I honestly take my thoughts and feelings before the throne of God, I am admitting my need of his wisdom and power to help me make sense of life. He alone can make it well with my soul, even when I do not like my circumstances. Oftentimes, the Lord chooses to give us sustaining grace rather than delivering grace, deepening our dependence on him. We must be satisfied with the daily bread of manna he gives us, even if we would rather have another miraculous exodus from the hardships of Egypt. Proverbs eleven fourteen is one verse that has been ringing in my head for as long as I can remember, as my dad would constantly tell my brothers and me, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. I am indebted to the wise family and friends the Lord has blessed me with, who help me fight for joy each and every day. I have not overcome all doubts and moments of despair, yet as I seek to preach the gospel to myself on a daily basis, lay my concerns before the Lord in prayer, and surround myself with others who will not try to be my Savior, but rather point me to the Savior, I find hope and strength to persevere. Most of you have probably gone down to Walmart and Lookout Valley and on your way up or down the mountain. No matter what crazy weather we are experiencing, you will see the faithful Ruby Falls employees standing out front, pointing you to turn into the parking lot and come see the beautiful waterfall. Yeah, as Pastor Joe Novenson of Lookout Mountain Presbyterian Church has helpfully pointed out, no one is driving up or down that mountain to see that employee. Ruby Falls is not about him, but his or her job is to point you to the main attraction. Do you have people in your life who are doing this for you, shifting your gaze off yourself and them and turning you to look at Jesus? Even the guardrails on the mountain drive remind us of the need for the Word of God and other believers who we should not view as barriers and roadblocks in our life but rather safeguards which keep us from the looming death and destruction that will come to us if we are left to our own devices. 
1 Samuel 23, 16 tells us that as David was facing the threat of death by Saul, Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horish and strengthened his hand in God. As you seek to be friends to each other here at Covenant, one of the key ways you can strengthen each other in the Lord is by praying with and for one another. My friend Laura says that as she prays a verse like Ephesians 3 or any other scripture for someone, first, it places her focus on Christ and his amazing love. Second, it gives her a love for the person she is praying for, love that can only come from Christ. Going for a deeper understanding of God's love is something we need to remember daily. I want to challenge all of us to pray this prayer for ourselves and each other. No matter our circumstances, let's be friends and family members who are petitioning for each other to be strengthened by his spirit, growing in our comprehension of his love and the knowledge of him. He really can do far more than we can ask or imagine in our lives and on this campus. So right now, as this slide is displayed on the screen, pray it specifically for a friend. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. As we close, please rest in the love the Father has for you as his beloved, no matter what you are facing, and ask him for the grace to truly love others with the love of Christ. Thank you. I meant what I said when I said that this award and this morning, um, this chapel has become a fabric of our uh, community, a piece of who we are. Um, and it wouldn't be possible without the, the perseverance, uh, the love, the compassion, the sacrifice of the Bates family. And um, they're here with us this morning. Would you mind standing so we can just say as a community, thank you to you for doing this for the last 18 years, please? It is my pleasure to introduce John Bates. John is a Covenant College graduate from 1988. He was the Director of Development uh, Operations uh, at Covenant College for 11 years and has just recently become the CEO of To Every Tribe in Los Fresnos, Texas. And he is going to come and present the Spirit of Friendship Award for this year. John.
Julie, thank you for such a reminder that authentic, biblical, Christ-centered friendship is, it has to be characterized by pointing people to the gospel and therefore to Christ. When friends in the midst of trial and, and suffering, we get to point them to Christ. When they're struggling with sin, we get to point them to Christ. And when they're, they're in a good place, we get to point them to Christ. Again, thank you. Friends, my heart's heavy today. Do you realize that there are roughly 7.4 billion people on this rock we call Earth? Our research has shown that almost 3.2 billion of these people have no access to the gospel or no concept of even who Christ is. When asked what is the greatest commandment, Jesus replied, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And he quickly moved on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. These two commandments are intricately connected. We love because he first loved us. We show our love to and for God by loving others. With over 3.2 billion people not knowing who Christ is, I question how well are we loving our neighbor? In a global context, do you know how unique you all are? How God's grace is upon you? Many of you are second, third, even fourth generation of believers. Most of you have been raised in Christian homes. Many of you have attended churches that hold firm to a confession anchored in the truth of the scriptures. Those churches are being led by well-scholared um, pastors who know the truth of the scriptures. You attend a college that highly esteems the pursuit of biblical scholarship. You have faculty and staff that love the Lord first and therefore love you. They're helping you shape this biblical-rooted worldview, which will have an impact on how you will engage this culture. My fellow Scots, don't waste the gospel that you've been entrusted to. Guard yourselves from the temporal satisfaction found in false security, contentment, and comfort that this present day. These things will keep you from loving your neighbors. Do not be deceived. Is Christ truly preempted in all things? Can we sing all for Jesus without hesitation as our battle cry? If so, the things of this world will grow strangely dim, causing you and me to live lives that are radically and recklessly abandoned for Christ. If and when this truly becomes the case for us, I wonder how we will love our neighbors then. Today we're going to celebrate someone who seems to get it. Matthew 5, 16 states, Let your light so shine before others so that they can see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The Spirit of Friendship Award is not an award to boast one's self-esteem or to attempt to put man on a pedestal. It is an award to let one know that he or she is recognized as a reflection of a light, light that is fueled by God alone. This award is a tribute to our heritage of Christian brotherhood, a brotherhood of believers joined together by the adoption of our Heavenly Father. 
The Spirit of Friendship Award was founded through the sting of death, yet it is an award that celebrates the victory of Christ over death. When my brother Danny was killed on this mountain three weeks before my graduation, I was ushered to the throne of mercy by people who put their faith in practice. They showed compassion to me when I was hurting. They were strong when I was weak. They were guiding me when I was lost. They were my friends. They showed me love, and they pointed me to Christ. The Spirit of Friendship Award is a way for my family to say thank you to a group of people who are not here anymore, but also recognizes that that same love still exists in this place. This love is manifested through individuals who set themselves apart, even on this campus. This award goes to a person who best demonstrates the essence of what it means to be light in the world, who reflects Christ's love by meeting the means of those around them, a true friend. We recognize him or her through the Spirit of Friendship Award, which is funded by the Danny Leslie Bates Memorial Scholarship Fund. And over the years, our family, friends, covenant alum have contributed to this endowment. So on behalf of my family, and in memory of my brother, Danny Leslie Bates, I'm honored to present the Spirit of Friendship Award to Grace Bodron. Surprise. Yes. <laughs> it's part of the fun of all this, but Grace, uh, I uh, have heard some great things about you, and it just uh, excites me to present this to you. Again, what I said in my speech is that I don't, I never had the right opportunity to say thank you to so many of my friends who, during a very hard time in my life, in our family's life, kept saying, look at Jesus, look at Jesus. Thank you for your leadership on this campus, for the love that you show everybody. It has an impact on people's lives. Thank you very much. And uh, so you get some flowers, you can give those to your mom or your brother. <laughs> By the way, this is Jim, Billy, and Donna, the folks. <laughs> your spring trip didn't work out well, did it? Because they went to the beach and you went to Arkansas. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, this comes with an award of $3,000 that we hope that will help keep you here next year and keep doing what you're doing. So, so thank you. We're going to close with a hymn, I think, uh, all for Jesus if we're sitting. It's just part of the tradition. Again, thank you guys. We love you. Buenos dias. Andy Soto.
Would y'all please join me in singing all for Jesus? Dismissed.